Ladies and gentlemen, quick disclaimer about today's episode. It's going to have a lot of background noise. We're trying to uh, field the biggest panel we've had on the show. We have someone recording from Starbucks, another uh, with a baby strapped to their chest. Spoiler alert, that one's me. Uh, Another with a baby trying to nap. And it's basically due to scheduling constraints. Uh, the best we could do with the time we had to address an issue that we find very significant in this whole discussion about women in ministry started by John MacArthur. So sorry for the background noise, including in this intro, which is being recorded in an airport terminal. And enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome to the hashtag blessed version of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. I am your host and moderator, Josiah, and I have a full panel with me today. Who is on the show today? Uh, sound off. This is Will. Uh, Ryan. Sophie. And Matt. So Sophie and Matt, you guys are new, but there's some reasons behind why we wanted to fill out our, uh, our panel today. But before we get to that, and before I hand off moderator duties to Will, I want to get a, li- get a little bit of background on, on Moose. So, Moose, just like we talked about earlier, give us one sentence. Who are you? What are you doing? Why are you on the show? Uh, I am a pastor in Warren, Ohio at Champion Church the Nazarene. And I am uh, I, I, I'm friends with Byron originally, then became friends with, with you, and then... Uh, my Instagram is uh, one wing two. Well, there you go. You're a millennial and you're a pastor, which is why you're on the show. And you proved your millennial true colors with your Enneagram. Sophie, can you match that? Give us a little bit about you. My name is Sophie Callahan. I'm a pastor at Heirloom, which is a farm and intentional community in the NorCal district. We're in the East Bay area, so not too far from the Oakland, Berkeley area. And um, I was on the podcast before and professed my love for avocados, which I think gave me my millennial cred, uh, but it's Absolutely. been a while since I've had one. So, um, but I've been drinking a lot of oat milk. So maybe that's my mm. millennial oh, that's, cred. For that, that's the next level. Yeah. Next, yeah. next level. My wife bought me oat have- milk cause I'm lactose intolerant. So we'll see if I can join you on that. Yeah. I had oat milk for the first time last week. I didn't know it was a thing. I haven't had it. I don't even know what it's like. I've never even heard of it, so I'm <laughs> they literally they literally take oats and they create a giant tea bag out of it. So it literally wow. is just oats soaked into water and then that's oat milk. And so that's basically how they do rice milk or almond milk or cashew milk, is they make like a pulpy tea bag of that thing and soak it in mm. water, but we don't have so, time for that. We're, so we drink we're coffee t- milk at my house. Yes, yeah, kind of. Okay. We drink coffee milk. <laughs> okay. So yeah. we have one topic. We're going to call an audible on the podcast today. I'm going to turn it over to Will to continue moderating, but I'm going to start start off the conversation with uh, with just the explanation of what we're talking about. And I actually, I'm going to call an audible on all y'all right now. Sophie, can you explain what happened over the weekend? And what we are talking about today, and then Will, you can take over moderating after that. Sound good? Yep, works. Sophie, what's going on? Yeah, so a video um, has been circulating around the internet featuring a large room of white men laughing at the idea that women would fulfill their call to preach the gospel. Um, John MacArthur essentially told Beth Moore to, quote, go home. 
uh, in response to a conversation prompt. And they continued to laugh and berate and tear down Beth Moore and talk about how um, it's just absurd that she would ever consider that she could be a preacher. And uh, so it's been circling around the internet and prompting a lot of online conversation. All right. Yeah. So, so that obviously, you know, all of us are Nazarenes and, and I know though, (laughs) being a Nazarene and growing up in the church of the Nazarene, that the church of the Nazarene isn't immune to this problem uh, at all, actually. Um, And, and so I want, I want to ask just to start uh, for you all to just share a little bit about your experience with this. And by that, I mean, what, what has been your experience with, with women in ministry uh, women who are called to preach and how the church uh, has, and, and specifically in our context, mostly Nazarene churches have responded uh, to that. So Moose, would you start with that and just, just kind of share a little bit? Uh, sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the Midwest and uh, I feel like that the rejection of, of women as pastors is is very strong in in some of our congregations um it it really is it's 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 a very discouraging thing um and when i have gone to school with brilliant brilliant women who are amazing pastors and Mm -hmm. to hear this kind of rejection from people and i know i know that there's there's even leadership that that they'll probably secretly not uh, look to a woman to put into a pastorship. Um, But it's, 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 it's a complete ignorance of, of context of Paul's words. But I always like to bring up to folks whenever, you know, they're, they're resistant to women in, in pastoral leadership and I say, you know, the reason why we know that Jesus rose from the dead was because women preached right. the good news of <laughs> Jesus' resurrection. <laughs> they were the ones who were brave and courageous and, and brought forth the good news to the, the cowering male disciples mm-hmm. uh, back, back in, in, in wherever yeah. they were at. And, and um, so I think the biggest thing is, is that... I understand that there's a lot of still a lot of debates outside of our tradition, but we firmly, firmly see the amazing calls that God puts on women's lives to be pastors. And I, for one, um, I've been just learning from from women as they preach has been a blessing to me immensely personally. And uh so I, I don't know if I answered all your questions there, Will, but that, I no, guess that's a good way to start it off. Yeah, I appreciate that. Ryan, do you want, do you want to add your experience to this? Uh, yeah, my um, mother-in-law, um, who many of you I think at least know of, she's a pastor in uh, Cameron, Missouri. And honestly, she is way overqualified for the church she pastors. Yeah. Not to say that that's a bad thing. Um, but she struggled to find a church that would hire her as a woman to pastor. And I have experienced this in many other instances. Um, I, I had a conversation last summer um, with a, um, a woman who some of you, I know at least Sophie knows, uh, Melissa Tucker, 
And I basically told her, I said, the reason I came back to the Church of the Nazarene, because I was in another denomination uh, for a while, uh, was because I want to be in a place where women are, are allowed to preach and teach. So that's my experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and Sophie, do you want to add yours? And, and maybe you can have a little bit more experience of, of, of feeling this. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. My guess is you probably have felt, felt kind <laughs> yeah. of attacked and rejected and resisted against uh as a as a female who's called to ministry yeah there's um absolutely no way to divorce my call to ministry with my experience as a woman um, because that's how i live every day um in this world and i experience the constant potential of rejection every time Mm. i tell somebody what i do for a living Mm. um because i recognize that i might be encountering someone who doesn't think that I should be allowed to do the work that I am called to do. Um, and not just doesn't like think I should do it, but thinks that I am, uh, potentially being disobedient, um, or Mm. misunderstanding scripture or God's call, um, by, by pursuing this calling as a pastor. And so even just meeting strangers when they ask what I do and I tell them that I work in ministry or I'm a pastor, however I phrase it in the moment, I have kind of an internal, like, oh, my stomach tightens as I just wait for their response. And sometimes people are great and very encouraging. Um, Sometimes people are confused. And sometimes I'm, um, yeah, I enter into a debate that I didn't want to spend my time or energy doing in that moment. And I know that that's a common experience for a lot of my friends um, and women who are in pastoral ministry is just this potential for constant rejection. Uh, and being on the defense, as well as being expected to be representative of women in ministry or representative of all women. And so I'm grateful um, to join the conversation today. And I just want listeners to know that I'm only really speaking out of my experience and some of my friends that have shared their stories with me and allowed me to represent them. But I don't speak for all women and I don't represent every woman's experience. Um, And so that's, I think, another burden that gets placed on women to be representative of every woman and to be exceptional because we have to prove ourselves to people that don't think we should be doing this work or have never seen a woman do this work. And so whether I am preaching from the pulpit or um, teaching a workshop or having a conversation with someone, there is an expectation uh, that I need to be absolutely exceptional in whatever I do, that I can't really make mistakes because people are watching me to judge if women should be doing this work, not if Sophie is good at preaching or teaching a workshop, but like if women everywhere in every context are good at doing this work. Right. That's a, man, that's an unbelievable burden that thanks for sharing that. So because I never thought about it like that before at all. And so I really appreciate that perspective because that, yeah, that opens my eyes to the burden that, that you and and a lot of our sisters bear. So thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate that too. Cause I, I never really thought about just the fact that you like sharing your job Mm or your calling just like would open you up for <clears throat> an right. argument that I, I, I like when I tell people I'm a pastor, like that doesn't people, most people don't really automatically just like think that they, they want to have a, a discussion about it just because of yeah who I am. Right. I, we just had a conference. Um, we just had the young clergy conference out here in Northern California and a good friend of mine left this conference feeling empowered and inspired and went to a wedding that night and, whoever she was sitting next to at the table at the wedding reception asked her what she did or what she'd been up to this weekend. And now she shared that she was in ministry. 
She said, I just got stuck in a half an hour conversation with someone who told me that I was going to hell for doing pastoral ministry. Yeah. What, what I, common. oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. What I was just going to say is like part of the thing that was so disturbing, disturbing to me about this whole John MacArthur thing too, was not just, it, it's just like, they're so hateful towards it. Uh, f- folks, arrogance. yeah, arrogance and, and just, just pride and, and just like, how, so how do we jump from, <laughs> like, I kind of disagree with women in, in, in pastoral leadership to you're going to hell. Like, to me, that's a pretty oh big jump. Uh, so I don't like, like, I, 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 yeah. I guess I don't understand why, why men and others who are, cause it's women, some women too are, are very against, against women pastors but but why they have to make that huge and they use the word heretical which is like that's just a misuse of that word in my opinion uh that that has nothing yeah so anyway do you have any any of you three have any response to that at all i would say that this i was talking in, in in the discipleship group last night with with some of my folks that um there are a number of people who like to make wedge issues out of something mm. in scripture that has so much, um, so little to do with the amazing grace and the salvation that Christ brings. And I think in, in that same kind of way, I mean, we, we, we didn't talk about women in ministry. We talked about something else. Um, we talked about like a creation story, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's basically... I see this, I see this verse and I'm going to pluck it and I'm going to hold on to it because what it does is it, it confirms what I, what I believe or what it's always been or whatever it is when the context of, of each of each of these verses has to be weighed completely. And, and, and that's something that needs to be done with, (laughs) you know, the words in first Timothy. And what's really funny is, is I, I was actually talking about second Timothy last night and it was about scripture where Paul basically says scripture is about leading us to God and how he saves us and how he wants us to live. And, and, and so all of this is to say in these two letters, Paul is, is sharing with us that, you know, this is, this is about God making new things happen. And a part of it is breaking down the barriers that we as humans have done. Mm -hmm. And for thousands of years, the patriarchy has, has held this thing over, um, over culture, over, over women. And it's been unbelievable. It's, it's oppressive and it's wrong and it's, it's, it's not just, and it's not intended for what God wants in us. Mm -hmm. And, And I think, we as humans have to be able to let go of these things that, that we like to hold on to because it confirmed what we grew up with or whatever kind of cultural norm that we think is supposed to be right whenever God has changed it completely. Otherwise, we wouldn't have Miriam. We wouldn't have Mary, uh, her Magnificat. We wouldn't have um, the essential pieces of scripture where women are leading the church, leading the people of God. I think one of the challenges is that so often the voices of women in scripture are considered um, side voices or not representative or not instructive for all people. And so the stories of women are often not preached very clearly. 
and women's voices then from scripture and from church history aren't elevated or brought to the forefront of our churches in the same way that men's voices are. So it's no surprise that many of our churches, even our Nazarene churches, people who are casual attenders and committed Christians don't understand that uh, they don't understand the scripture passages about women uh, because it's not preached. It's not taught. It's not elevated mm. in the same way. And yeah. so I think that kind of representation really does matter. And a one really simple step towards um, combating this misconception around women in ministry is to preach female voices and bring in women's voices. But as a female preacher, I don't want to come in and only preach Mary, because then sometimes people think like, yeah. oh, well, that's a woman preaching about a woman. So it's only for women. And so we need some of our male pastors <laughs> to do the work of preaching female voices and bringing in representative voices as well. Yeah. Good. Yes. One of the things um, I do on my district is I, I help coordinate like a young adult worship night once a month. And I, one of the, my goals for this has been to find as many women or other people who don't get a chance to preach very often to give them a chance to come in and speak. And it's, it's, it's a 10 to 15 minute talk. It's not a very long time, but um, I have purposely been trying to find the voice of people that can't, that don't get a chance to, to speak that often. So I agree. I think it's one of those things like if we say we put value in this, mm -hmm. we need to show it by our actions as well. Yeah. And it, and it's not even just from, you know, pastors. It, it if you have pulpit supply that needs to be filled, are you making sure that you are sharing with your congregation or even even sitting down and, and listening with your congregation to hear a woman mm -hmm. preach, I think is incredibly valuable. If 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 a Nazarene church or I know we, we talk about Nazarene a lot on this podcast, but <laughs> that's where we are. But if 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 a church never has had a woman come in and preach ever in its history, those people are going to be incredibly resistant mm -hmm. because they've never even, they can't even conceive of it. Um, do you know what I mean by oh, that? For sure. I think that's really Can essential. I tell a story? I know I'm supposed to be moderating, but I'm not a good moderator, so I'll just tell a story. My to, case in point for you, Moose, and, and so I, I'm a dad of two daughters. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And um, my, my oldest daughter, May, is, is so sharp and so smart, and she just notices things. And one day, I think we were in the car. It doesn't matter, I guess, but we were all together. And, and May asks Nicole and I, she says, Mommy, can daddy can uh can girls be pastors and it kind of broke my heart that she had to even ask it you know um mm. and and so thankfully thankfully we do have we're, we're in rural america and and there is a resistance for sure mm -hmm. to women in ministry here and and but thankfully there's a methodist church in our town uh who has who has pastor janice and janice is is amazing and 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 she's one of my colleagues and we do a lot of work together through the ministerial alliance and so may has gotten to meet and know a little bit uh pastor janice and so we're like oh yeah well pastor janice is a pastor and then and then every time that i'm with my daughter and and i'm around uh female pastors i introduce her to them just because i want her to know that yes women are called to be pastors and and it's just this beautiful beautiful thing that i don't want my daughter to miss out on because i've heard story after story after story um especially from sauna shauna sonner Gaines, about about just just girls who, who don't get an opportunity to see 
women in ministry. And so they, they start to believe uh, th- these, these male, a lot, most of the time, male voices that say, you know, you, you actually aren't called to ministry because that's impossible. And, and, and so it is really important for us, I think, as the church, and especially as Nazarenes, you know, to, to, to kind of, in a way, lead the way in, in, in this, uh, for evangelicals, anyway. So, so as, I, And that story, that story hits me because, you know, we're welcoming a baby girl here right. in, in about two and a half months. And, I mean, I want to be able to share with her, yeah, be what God calls you to be, whatever that mm-hmm. is. And I'm not going to impress, you know, ministry down upon her to, you know, oh, yeah, be in ministry. But, but if it's, if she doesn't think it's an option, that's, that just, it, that breaks my heart right here and right now. Just, right. Just thinking, thinking of the future of that. I would also yeah. add, I just How had a little boy and there was a part of me that was like, I love being a woman and I, was, I only really know what it's like to be a woman. And so I was like, Oh my goodness, how am I going to parent? A, a little boy like how am I going to raise a boy um and I think it equally matters that my son see women in ministry and understand definitely. female oh, voice definitely. and um I think that's at the root of a lot of this um vitriol and resistance to women in ministry is uh, it might be something that we address with girls in some spaces but we don't teach our boys or our men what it looks like to learn from or respect a woman in ministry and if we're going to have advocates or allies um in the church then we need everybody on board with this Mm -hmm. yeah definitely well since we're kind of on this on this path anyway you all started us there we have about five more minutes maybe before we have to stop but um but but what are some what are some tangible things? And you already kind of brought some of these up, but maybe if you could pick, especially in your context, how about that? Because we're spread out all over Arizona, Ohio, Missouri, and California. What are some specific things maybe in our context, in your local church, uh, that we can do to, to, to promote God's call uh, on, on women uh, to, to pastor and to preach? So, Ryan, why don't you start us off there? Um, I think... So we had a we had a girl who recently moved on from my youth group, and um, I really see um, somebody who has potential for ministry, and so I I tried to encourage her, and even though I don't know if I don't know if she felt the call, and she says she didn't, but I just said I just want you to know that I see this in you, and I think you can you could do this. Um, so yeah, maybe just speaking that into women young women's lives and just tell them, you know. You, this is something that, that, that is possible for awesome. you. I think that would be very helpful. Yeah. Moose, why don't you, why don't you add to it? Um, I, I, again, I think some of the things that we talked about just as pastors is to make sure that we have, especially as guys, as, as males, to make sure that we are bringing in female voices um, in, in a number of ways. But I think, too, um, I don't know. This this might be the the one in me on my enneagram coming out, but but you know, ask ask the question of of your leaders who are bringing pastoral candidates in front of mm-hmm. churches and things. And if if you see a if you see a pattern of no women are are interviewing at 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 churches or no women are being put into positions, ask the question. And I get that you know you you're you're doing that at your at a little bit of a risk, but, 
but I think that's the I think that's that's an essential piece of of Christian culture is a mutual accountability, regardless how high you're up on the leader, uh, you know, food chain is. Um, we need to be able to to speak that kind of truth when we see these patterns that are that are that are falling into this into a misogynist or um, or an unequal uh, philosophy uh, when it comes to women in ministry. Yeah, thanks, Miss Sophie. What about you in your in your setting? Okay, I've got a lot of ideas, so I'll throw them out. Please do. I'll share a couple, um, and then I'm going to say that these are not new ideas. So you can find these ideas for yourself on plenty of blogs and Twitter accounts and things that will list. If you just Google ways to support women in ministry, I'm sure you'll find a handful of more ideas. Um, I will recommend the Junia Project, J U N I A, Mm -hmm. as a great Mm -hmm. online resource. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, um, there's a book about, um, by Scott the Knight, it's like something about Junia. I just read for the the women's ordination class that I had to take. Okay, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the women's ordination class. Um, So the Church of the Nazarene has a class on foundations of women in ministry, and right now our local district boards are figuring out how they're going to implement them. So if you are Nazarene, write to your DS or your district advisory board or your board of ministry and tell them that you think that this is important and ask them not only to make it required for new people in the licensing process, but that it's a lot of our already ordained pastors that need that kind of theological training and reframing. So advocate for that kind of education on your district, or if you are in a local church, can you find a way of bringing that way of education in uh, to your community? Uh, read more women, read female theologians, um, be informed Mm -hmm. by the voices of women. Think about who you are learning from, who you are recommending other people learn from. Um, Mm. I know that it's, it's just so easy to pull out a few books that inform your sermon or your workshop or your Sunday school or your small group and realize that it's all white male voices. So think about the representation of who you're reading and who you're sharing. Um, Preach about women, invite women to preach, um, preach the stories of women in scripture, talk about females throughout church history, like Phoebe Palmer and Jarena Lee. Uh, There are amazing stories of women that don't get elevated. Uh, Believe women when they share about their experiences, learn what it means to be an ally and an advocate and speak up for women. And as one of my female pastor friends says, and don't expect a cookie for doing it. Like this isn't this isn't about you being that great helpful male. Um, it's about doing the right thing and ensuring that like God's kingdom is uh, coming to earth and in, in its fullest expression. Um, and yeah, yeah, find ways of encouraging and supporting women in ministry in your context. It doesn't take that much to ask a female um, that's in ministry around you what is helpful to her. Uh, ask her what would be helpful and then believe her, listen to her and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Sophie. that was, yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was great. And, and keep I, putting yeah. women on your podcasts have... and your yeah. church workshop panels and not as like a token extra voice, but like embedded in the work that you are doing throughout. So bring women in. Yeah. I have one other, um, uh, to kind of go along with what Sophie was saying about like, you know, reading and listening to women. Um, do you have any women mentors? Mm. Uh, I have, um, 
I, our district requires us to have a, a mentor, and I specifically wanted to have a woman as a, my mentor. So, yeah. Are you being mentored by women? Yeah, that's great. That's good. There, there has been, like, this fear, I think, in the church, uh, not just the Church of Nazarene, but I specifically have heard of it in the Church of Nazarene of, like, that relationship so ryan which is hilarious to me but but that relationship like we can't do that because we you know something bad ah the billy yes, yeah exactly get rid exactly. of the yeah. billy graham rule you know, yeah Amen. i know right or, well especially from a nazarene perspective like holiness unto the lord come on people yeah there are that? ways of being responsible in your relationships <laughs> yes. that don't yes. have to systematically exclude women from the table because that's Amen. the impact of yeah. that rule right exactly yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. All right. Well, well, I think that's, that's a good starting point. I wish, I wish I could say that we'll never have to have this conversation again. I wish I could say that somebody like John MacArthur will, will never say anything uh, about female pastors (laughs) like this again. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not the case. And, and so we, we have work to do. Go ahead, guys. And not, not to be negative, you know, but our, our, our corner, our, 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 corner of tradition is, is still a, a pretty big minority. Right. I mean, I think it's... The numbers are appalling. I'll just say that. The yes. low numbers of women but, in ministry is appalling. But I mean, even if you go, I mean, just across, you know, Christianity in, in the United States, I mean, you remember that 23% of, of Christians in, or 23% are, are Catholic and they don't ordain women. And it's it's not just... We are still we're a, we're a voice crying out in the wilderness mm-hmm. <laughs> in some ways, right. and and it's it's important to call it mm-hmm. out whenever it's so bigoted like how John MacArthur right. did it, uh, and I think that's the thing is that there was there was no openness. It was a completely it was it was right. hateful. Yeah. It was that's what bothered was, me so much. It was terrible. Yeah. There was no charity mm-hmm. at all. And, and those are the moments that we have to rise. Um, and then at the same time, we, we also, you know, have to give some grace too to the people who aren't there yet. Right. Um, but, but not in a way that, that, you know, coddles them, but to, to call them mm-hmm. forward into the, the, the kingdom that God has given yeah. us. Yeah. Well, I want to be respectful of time. And we, we said we'd end right, right about now. And so that was a good, good ending of we, we've been trying to do this grace and peace thing at the end. And I like that moose of just this idea of, I, I think it's really easy yeah. for us <laughs> uh, to, to do the opposite, uh, but not the opposite. It's like the pendulum swing, right? Where, where, where John McCarthy is, MacArthur is hate, hateful. And then we're kind of hateful towards, towards folks who aren't there yet. Um, and, and so this, yeah, this, this idea of, of showing grace uh, to, to yeah, people. Grace in all things, yeah. for sure. Amen. So, well, Josiah has made me, me the moderator. Oh, Josiah, you can end the podcast because I don't know how to do that. I'm, I'm going to end it. So full disclosure, folks, we're recording from all corners of the country. One of us is at a Starbucks. Two of us have babies napping. One of those babies is napping on a chest right now as we wrap up the podcast. The other baby is but, no longer napping, but uh, dad took care of it. Oh, cool. Well, but these are important enough conversations that we wanted to prioritize them and have them. And I'll just make this statement uh, on behalf of this podcast going forward. We're going to do our very best to try to regularly, if not every episode uh, of the short form podcast involve women pastors so that we have that, even though the numbers may be a little bit uh, skewed, I think there's going to be way more males that are pastor than females, even in our own circles. I think that's the case, but, but it'll be our pledge to our listeners and 
for anyone else that's uh, participating, that we will try to always have uh, female pastors and their voices heard on this podcast. So, uh, But if you're a fan of this podcast, you want to hear more about what that's about. If you want to hear the long form shows that are coming, it sounds like we actually do have a nun slash done that we're going to be recording with. And we'll try to do our, yes. our long form cycle of three where we'll have a nun slash done share why they left the church or why they don't believe. We'll have a seasoned saint share more about why they're investing in young people. And then we'll hear one more long form uh, response slash story sharing from another millennial pastor. Um, and that'll be our, our long form uh, trio of episodes coming soon. But until then, feel free to subscribe, rate, review, share, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or just stay tuned for the next podcast. Uh, until next time, this has been the hashtag blessed version of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. I'm your sort of host slash sort of moderator today, Josiah. We got I'm Will. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Sophie. I'm Matt. Until next time, stay hashtag blessed. I guess that's how we're ending this. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.